don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are covering Thursday the 22nd until Tuesday the 27th. I am loving how the show is pressing replay on Maxi and Spinelli. I loved them the first time around. I'm going to love them even more the second time around. It is time that these two come back together. The karaoke was very cute. It also helps that Bradford Anderson has a background in theater, so it was pleasant to listen to. And what really gave me chills about it was Spinelli going in for the kiss, but Maxie really going for it. Like at first she's like, what is this? What am I doing? But you could tell in the moment she was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. I think her pulling away is just her being scared because they went through this once before. They were about to get married and instead went through with a non-wedding. I love that they were able to stay friends all this all these years and I like that we are now toying with them getting back together. And I guess parallel to that is Sasha and Cody. I mean they're carrying around this huge secret. I don't know how Maxie's going to react. I know that she'll be upset with Cody for sure because Maxie was really trying to welcome him into the family. However, I don't know how she's going to react with Sasha, like them being close friends. Does she expect that Sasha would have told her something like that? Or is she not going to care at all? Maxie does have somewhat of a scheme going with Brooklyn to get deception anyway, so maybe she won't react so poorly to being deceived herself. So cut to the next day, Spinelli and Maxie both confess that they're in love with each other. I screeched. I was so excited. I I was just over the moon watching this. Then Sonny came over and interrupted. Interesting set of scenes. I'm glad that Spinelli laid the cards out on the table and said, well, you've always found me annoying, so why do you want to hire me for a job now? (laughs) But we needed this because we needed Sonny and Spinelli to talk about Jason. To me, it's kind of like getting the band back together. But I do appreciate Spinelli's growth as a father, saying that nothing better touched the kids, or Maxie for that matter. Now, the downfall of all of this, Sunny leaves, Maxie comes back home from dropping the kids off, and as her and Spinelli talk more about their relationship, Spinelli confesses that no pipes burst in his apartment, and this was a ruse between him and Felicia to help Maxie out financially. As Spinelli was talking, my face went from joyful to sad because I knew Maxie was going to have a bad reaction. I did not expect her to kick him out completely. I did appreciate that she went after him and she expected him to be there. So after she yelled at him saying, I am not the same Maxie who is reckless and needs you to rescue her. And no matter what Spinelli said, like Maxie was very sure in that moment. So she kicked him out and a few seconds go by and she runs after him and is surprised to see that he is not there, something that he would have done years ago. So Maxie, if you want everyone to recognize the growth in you, you have to recognize the growth in everyone else. And again, you're still scheming. 
It might be a more adult scheme, but a scheme is a scheme. I am curious to see how the whole deception company takeover is going to go down. Uh, right now, Tracy is looking pretty vulnerable. So are we going to feel bad for Tracy in the end? Meanwhile, over at Crimson, Carly has had enough. She's had enough revenge on Nina. She's had enough of Drew talking about Nina. She's ready to finally move on. I liked the points Drew was making when he said, it's not just you in this relationship, it's me too. I do get it. However, he should be able to give himself the perspective of he is stringing this along. And he's not even realizing how him taking out all of this revenge, a constant stream of it, is affecting others. Now Nina's over at the Invader giving Alexis problems. He doesn't have a problem with Alexis. She is the grandmother of one of his children. But now that's all going to get complicated because whatever he does is going to drive Nina's actions at the Invader. Also, I wonder, is this just a story plot to get Carly and Drew to break up? I was really like for crew in the beginning, not loving the whole revenge Drew, but I do like, I think I've said this a zillion times, I do like who Carly is when she's not with a mob person. And now, with the mob stuff getting hot and heavy, it would really be in her best interest to keep away from it. But how can she, really? I think that's going to put a bigger stress on her and Drew's relationship than Drew's revenge on Nina. Carly has now figured out who Agent Jagger is, and she's already pressed on him because she knows law enforcement always tries to get close to her to get to Sunny, and she continues to stick up for Sunny and vouch for Sunny over and over again. Jagger busts into Anna's operation, tries to shut it down when Heather Weber came into the room where Cyrus was talking to this O'Neill person and starts freaking out. I personally thought Cyrus's cover was blown and I thought that would have been very interesting if Pentonville inmates knew that Cyrus was wearing a wire. I don't know. But anyway, he managed to take hold of the situation and begin to get the information that Anna wants. All the while, Sunny and Selena Wu are questioning one of her guys, and when they finally get answers, the name they get is Stone. So what does this mean? Obviously, Stone Kate's not alive. He can't be. You cannot bring back Stone Cates after that humongous storyline in 1995. So what are our other options? Well, Morgan Stone Corinthos. I've said many a times before that I've wanted Morgan to come back as a mob boss. The drama would be just delicious. Uh, also, there is speculation Stone Cold from the nickname that Spinelli gave Jason. I don't think that that is the case, but I could be wrong. I mean, Jason's supposed to come back next week. It could be him. And now that we have the characters on screen talking about him again, I mean, we saw Sam take Danny to the footbridge. I thought that was very cute. She could have given him a little bit more history than just, this is where your dad liked to come think. <laughs> 
But again, I have an issue with Sam thinking that Danny would have Jason Morgan personality traits when that's a brain damaged Jason. I just can't help but think it every single time. But it was a nice conversation. I really hope that Danny will get a little closer to his mother through all of this. If it's any indication so far, Sam's got her work cut out for her. And isn't it interesting that the mothers of Port Charles all seem to hang out with Elizabeth on some occasion? Carly goes to Liz sometimes. Now Sam goes to Liz sometimes. Three women that used to fight over the same man are now bonding over the children they had. Some with that man, (laughs) some without. It would be something, though, if when Jason returns, surprises everyone and links on to Elizabeth. I'm kind of jumping around here, but thinking of Elizabeth just makes me think of the hospital. So Molly and TJ had an appointment for a sonogram, and we saw the very first sign of trouble when Christina wants to know the sex of the baby, but Molly and TJ do not. I mean, honestly, first time surrogate, you are the sister, the baby is in you. I mean, I guess anyone would probably say something right away, like without thinking, like your first instinctual thing. But from the way Christina was talking to Blaze, like this is going to be so hard for her. And depending on how the story goes, I mean, hopefully nothing happens to Molly or TJ. But if something does, if one of them becomes incapacitated for some reason, Is Christina going to try and swoop in there? If Christina and Blaze work out, will she find a way to bring down Molly and TJ's marriage so her and Blaze's relationship looks better fit to raise a child? I don't know. But Christina is not known for keeping a level head. (laughs) And now we have Blaze's mother coming to town. First off, Eva LaRue, perfect. Second, are we getting a new family in Port Charles? Does this family have any connections that we should know about? I mean, it's been questioned about Blaze. If her family history runs into somebody else's in Port Charles, we could have some really good story there. So Blaze took this opportunity to come out to her mother, introduce Christina as her girlfriend, and really try to get her mom to see her. The scene, to me, seemed a little bit, like, squashed together, like maybe it was happening too quickly, but the essence of it was all still there. It's still a great story to tell, and clearly Blaze has not let her family's feelings towards her sexuality impact her too much, but maybe this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. If she's in love with Christina and she's never really been in love before, Maybe this is what pushes that wedge further between her and her mom. And of all girlfriends to have, Christina will definitely understand a daughter's struggle with her mother. So what's next in Port Chuck? Sonny divorcing Nina, Drew being Curtis's workout coach. I will see all of it down at 66 Harborview Road. Find me on Twitter or X at 66 underscore view, TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road, and Instagram at 66 Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a good week.